Welcome back to She Shall Speak. I'm your host, Denia Smith. Today, we'll be talking with Kaylee Cherry. Kaylee Cherry is a passionate student based in Manhattan, New York. She is dedicated to making an impact in the world by talking about the importance of exposing young girls of color like herself to climate science, computer science, and social justice. She believes that having a platform to speak your mind is a blessing, but knowing how to use that platform is a skill. She has spoken at Verizon headquarters about the importance of introducing young women in underrepresented communities to the tech field, and has led discussions at her school about anti-racist education. She has also worked with the New York City Civic Engagement Commission to rethink what youth civic engagement looks like. Kaylee is currently attending NYU, where she continues to support efforts to make NYU a more equitable place through IMA slash ITP's Equitable Working Group. This is Kaylee's story. If you're a Black girl, don't limit yourself in the spaces that you feel like you can't be in. I would say a lot of my activism work has been me feeling like I need to fit in certain spaces or changing myself to fit in those spaces instead of realizing that there's so many great organizations and people doing work that I align with and I don't need to change myself to be in those spaces and they accept me for who I am. So I started out as a POC coordinator within Extinction Rebellion Youth NYC. Um, so they recognized that their organization is very um, white-centered or had a lot of white members, but wanted to have a space for climate organizers of color to talk about issues that they were facing a, in their own communities, um, but also interpersonal conflicts that they saw within climate organizing as a whole. Um, and so I was basically a coordinator for that for, I would say, a couple of months, like I would say up to six months and decided to leave Extinction Rebellion Youth because I felt that they were doing great work, but I also did feel like kind of a token um, within the organization as a Black girl, like, hey, Kaylee, you're the one who deals with all the POC issues. And um, if there's a POC issue, we come to you kind of thing. Um, so I wanted to make sure that if I wanted to do continue doing organizing, I'd be in spaces where like I wasn't that token Black girl and that I could continue to do work with people who supported my vision um, and people that didn't make me feel like I needed to be someone different in order to do organizing work. So I pivoted away from Extinction Rebellion Youth and climate organizing scene as a whole um, and started doing more educational equity-based work um, where I saw I was doing work with kids within my own school who looked like me, working with teachers within my own high school to revise their curriculum and also primarily working on hiring practices within my school, seeing that even though I went to a school in Harlem, most of our teachers were white. So it kind of came out of a lot of the conversations with George Floyd that I saw that at my school, a school in Harlem, um, there weren't a lot of teachers actually having those conversations with students, like checking in, how are you feeling, but also realizing that there were our policing practices that we could revise in regards to how a student was being disciplined um, but also the curriculum, making sure that teachers, the students of colors felt represented within the curriculum they're learning. So I started the anti-racist education initiative at my high school, um, where I met on a weekly basis with my principal and teachers to revise the curriculum, policing practices, and representation. So I primarily worked 
even though I was ahead of all those three divisions, I primarily worked on representation where I created quest interview questions that would be used. Um, there's something called the C30 process when you have to interview like a new assistant principal or anyone who's in a higher up level um, where it's supposed to be like nonpartisan, like no bias. Um, but these are questions that weren't created by students. So it's funny, like you're having, you know, someone step into a, an administrative role, but students are not really able to give too much input on who that person is, unless you were like a high school government member or um, something of that matter. So the idea was to work with students to create these questions that would be in those interviews. So even though a student couldn't physically be in that interview, that their voice was still being represented on a hiring level. Um, so that didn't just have to do with assistant principals, but also with um, lower level, not lower level teachers, but just regular teachers as well. Um, so that's, I did that work for two years. So starting, I wanna say in my junior year of high school, summer of my junior year, um, after the death of George Floyd into my senior year, all the way up until my senior year. Um, and yeah, it was something where I met weekly with teachers, with students to kind of have these conversations about educational equity and and also at the same time taking a course um, at Hunter about urban education. So I'm not just like trying to work on these higher level systems, but also doing the work and educating myself. Like, how can I... Um, look at the past of educational equity, but also learn and be a part of shaping the future. So then I pivoted to doing government work because um, I was passionate about um, youth voices, being in like high school government things um, and civic engagement. I think it's so important um, for young folks to you know get out and vote and be able to use their voice within um, voting processes. So I worked for the Civic Engagement Commission for a year um, talking about civic engagements and they had something called um, the People's Festival where they were going to take this bus that was on Rikers Island for 12 years, turn into a community space um, and go into different communities, primarily underserved communities, and talk to just everyday folks about what it means to be civically engaged, but also primarily participatory budgeting, which is like an initiative where the government gives neighborhoods all this money and they can dedicate, create proposals and have that money go towards a proposal that they're working on. So that was my goal as like assistant project manager of the People's Festival um, to kind of have these conversations with, you know, everyday people that like, hey, if you have a proposal and want to work on something in your neighborhood, there is an opportunity and a space within government to do that. Um, and that was an interesting experience as well. Um, like working as a young person within the government, like as a, like what, high school junior, high school senior. Um, and I pivoted away from the government. <laughs> the government was not for me. Um, and now I currently work as a student re student researcher within NYU. Um, I My major is interactive media arts, and then there's I, I, IMA, and then there's ITP on the graduate level and they have an equitable team. So I was doing some of the same work that I was doing at my high school, but now within NYU. So I'm able to work with professors directly on ways that they can revise their syllabus to make it more equitable, whether it's finding more resources by authors of color or just like, hey, this is a resource I wanna look in more into, but don't really have the time to, um, is this something that you can look at? So that's kind of the work that I do now. Um, 
So the work I did at my high school was unpaid. The work that I did at um, Extinction Rebellion Youth was also unpaid. And I did a lot of work there as well. Um, and I think it's so important within activism that, you know, folks are compensated for the work that they do. Because um, I feel like we as activists care so much about like the people and the work that we're doing. But sometimes people use that care and exploit us, um, knowing that we would do anything for the cause, whether we are pay getting paid or not. But some people take advantage of that aspect. Um, so I'm really grateful that within NYU, I'm able to have this role that I was doing somewhere at my high school but I am getting paid for it. Um, and I'm able to, with that, work with professors within my major, get to meet new folks, but also build relationships as well. I think the biggest thing with um, like activism and just anything within that realm is just community building um, and relationship building. That I'm not just like meeting with this professor to get a paycheck, but at the end of the day, I'm building relationships with all these different professors and even people within my own team to actively work towards making NYU a more equitable place. So yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit and a lot about me. <laughs> I think definitely starting at Extinction Rebellion Youth, I knew that I was going into a white led space and a space where there weren't a lot of people of color mm -hmm. um, or let alone people of color from Harlem. I think that's also like a whole um, different conversation as well. But I think it's impacted my perception of myself. I think originally going into Extinction Rebellion Youth, I saw myself as a Black woman, but also saw myself trying to fit this mold of like, okay, I need to say everything perfectly. I need to know everything about climate organizing in order to be considered um, like a valued voice um, within the organization. And I wouldn't say that people in that organization actively said that, but that's just kind of what I felt. Um, and often as a Black woman in organizing spaces, it's that imposter syndrome or feeling like, do I really belong here? Um, and then when people give you unplayed labor and, you know, often use you as that token Black girl, then you really start to feel like, hey, I don't really belong here, you know, and I feel like I'm just here to for people to show face. So I think in an organizing space as a Black woman, I've had to continuously learn what it means for me to value myself. Um, and also evaluate, do other people really value me within those spaces or do they just see me as like a pawn within their larger chess game of their organization? I think I definitely at one point separated the two mm -hmm. and was like, okay, there's Kaylee, the activist, you know, cares about climate justice, knows she needs to get stuff done, like cares about the people, needs to get things done. But then thought of like, okay, well then Kaylee, the person is like, you know, a girl who kind of like codes and like does art on the side and like couldn't really see myself combining my like STEM skills or passion for tech with my like advocacy work and couldn't really see there being a space where two of those could exist. Um, and I think doing climate or doing organizing work now, I've put them all together that, you know, me wanting to use my tech skills and want to code websites to help communities is the same passion as wanting to be an activist and wanting to do educational equity work that at the end and the root cause of everything is just caring about people and wanting to see change being made and that realizing that I can help facilitate that change. Um, so yeah, I think I'm trying to nowadays, I would say combine the two, like every space that I step into, it's not, oh, Kaylee, the activist is here. But then like Kaylee, the person is over here. It's like every space and room and 
door I'm able to open. It's Kaylee, the activist, the coder, who sometimes makes visual art on the side, but also makes earrings out of recycled materials and just likes to do all these different things, is stepping into the space authentically as herself, as someone who just cares about making change and caring about people. I would say I hope to be someone who never loses sight of her values. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, like my values are what grounds me. Like I'm a big person on respect, honesty, um, and just genuinely caring about people. And sometimes I've seen in organizing work when people, you know, get popular or when people, you know, get those brand deals or are able to get, you know, that fame from who knows who, um, they often tr lose sight of that. And at the end of the day, like, I see myself in the future still being that down to earth person, like no matter what happens, like I recently did, like, um, did this promotion with Geneva, just talking about like August, which is another um, activism space I'm a part of talking about making sure folks get access to like menstruation products and just period products in general, whatever space I step into, no matter how many things I do, um, that at the end of the day, I see myself in the future being a down-to-earth, everyday girl I can still have a conversation with. Ooh, what would I tell my younger self about myself today? That I've achieved everything that I've dreamed of to some degree. Yeah. Um, my younger self could have never seen me do any kind of campaign with any organization could have never seen myself step out of the bubble and like lead an anti-racist organization or an or organization or initiative within my own high school um i think little me was very insecure about how i was perceived and felt like i care so much about people and i feel like nobody cares about the fact that i care um and i would tell like my younger self that like hey that's a great thing that you care about people and you don't care too much and being able to use that and have that skill to connect with people and empathize with people's struggles is not a weakness but a strength um and just you just have to be cognizant of how you use it and not like overexert yourself into investing too much and trying to solve problems but not checking in with yourself as well mm -hmm. uh, i remember one friend telling me in the like midst of Black Lives Matter, I, I will never forget this. My friend Cynthia, she was like, Kaylee, you always talk about Black Lives Mattering, but at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you're making sure that your Black life matters as well. So that's what I tell my younger self is to make sure that she considers her own Black life. Ooh, what would I tell my future self? I would say never lose sight of who you are. Stick to your values. Um... And just lead with love. I know it sounds so simple, but I think at the end of, like, in the root cause of all advocacy work, it's just the fact that we care about people and love people. And um, even in situations you might not fully understand or when you hear people's experiences, you might not fully get um, in all activism spaces, just leading with love, as simple as it is, I think is the biggest thing. Thank you for tuning into Kaylee's story. Make sure to tune into She Shall Speak weekly on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time as we innovate, recreate, and rewrite the narrative. Until next time, goodbye.